JD Talking Sports. I have a picture up. Mike Hickman. Mike Hickman was, let me just preface that as was a youth football coach in Texas, Lancaster, Texas. And Akib Talib has a brother named Yakub Salik Talib. He's accused of shooting and killing Mike Hickman at a youth football game in Lancaster Saturday night. They said it happened before 9 p.m. at the end of a game between Dragons Elite Academy and North Dallas United at Lancaster Community Park on Jefferson Street. I saw, I saw a video. I heard four shots. Four shots. Police say Talib pulled out a gun and opened fire, killing 43-year-old Dragons Elite Academy coach Mike Hickman. He's only suspect. And, of course, uh, Talib's attorney says he would like to give his side of the story. He regrets that this tragic loss of life. Also, the shooting happened in front of several children, including Hickman's nine-year-old son. Kerry Lewis and Heath Mays were coaching alongside Hickman when they said the opposing team's parents and coaches became angry. They were upset about losing. Dude came on the sideline and said it was, said he was going to punch the ref, so the ref called the game. It's just not that important. It's not. It's not that serious. A youth football game. So the parents weren't happy their team was losing? Parents who were at the game said their first reaction when they heard gunfire was to find their children and run. Somebody said they hollered for their son. I just hollered for my son and made sure my son was all right. And uh, this guy, C.J. Bevin, said he looked back and Hickman was lying on the ground. His son witnessed him getting shot and murdered on the field. That's what, uh, was that one of the coaches said that? Uh, yeah, one of the, Kerry Lewis, the coach said. Son got to watch his father get murdered. Said he was a genuine person, loving person. He was a father first. They said they may never play sports again. They said Talib has a criminal history dating back to 2015. He's been arrested in Dallas and Collin counties on several charges, including aggravated assault with a deadly weapon and child endangerment. And I was going to put up Pete Carroll died at 92. Phenomenal coach. I still remember when they almost beat Morning and the Georgetown Hoyas in the NCAA tournament, and I just saw this, and it pissed me off so goddamn much. Four shots. You're pissed off that much. Guys are fighting, and the guy says, you know what? We're fighting in a youth football game, which is fucked up in its own right. It's nuts. And on top of it, I'm going to pull out my gun and shoot it four freaking times. And this guy, Hickman, is a was a very large, this was a big dude. Big dude. And Akib Talib was at the game. They said he wasn't involved. I don't understand. I don't understand. I'm trying to. I'm trying to comprehend this stuff. I don't understand why this has to happen. Should never happen, ever. And I, I feel sorry for this man who was just coaching a youth football team, probably trying to get these kids, you know, to uh, learn about a team environment and keep them busy and keep them from getting in trouble, or you know, you know, that keep the kids busy. Let them get a workout. Let them blow off some steam. Use some energy. Learn about discipline you know, uh, structure, responsibility. And then this happens. Yeah. I, I was disgusted. I was disgusted when I read this. I really was. I was, it really, really infuriated me. Really did. Yeah. And, and so rest in peace. Uh, a senseless, senseless, thoughtless murder should never happen. It happened. It's disgusting. We got to get, I don't understand. I mean, I know everybody right to, right to bear arms. Also, there should be a right to, you know, in, in another respect. I'm not, I can't get political, but I mean, I can get political, but it, what's it going to do? I mean, I don't understand 
you're at a football game and you have a gun around kids. Why is that something that should ever be allowed? Shouldn't it be anywhere in a sporting event, a youth youth sporting event, the guy needs to carry a gun? I don't I don't know. I I, I got nothing. I got nothing else to say. I'm I'm really I'm really disgusted here. And I screwed up. I said the Liberty, you know, that this was going to be the first playoff game for Inescu. They lost last year, 83-82, to the Mercury in that single elimination. So now it's a best of three, first two games in Chicago. And and then I talk about Winton Bernard. I thought it was Thursday, Friday. He had a hit, stolen base, and a run. Yeah, that. And we had the AP top 25 come out preseason. Bama's number one was released today. The dump two, Georgia three, Clemson four, and Notre Dame five. Fifteen consecutive season, Alabama has appeared at number one for at least one week. Ninth time they started the season ranked atop the AP poll since preseason rankings began in 1950. Though it's it started first in only two of its 13 major poll championship series. That's interesting. Only two of their 13 championship seasons. Oklahoma, only Oklahoma 10 has more appearances atop the initial poll. So... Bama got 54-63 first place votes. The dump garnered six. Georgia got three. You have the Aggies at six. Utah at seven. Michigan at eight. Oklahoma at nine. And Baylor at ten. First time Utah has opened in the preseason top ten. Previous preseason I was 14th in 2019. And NC State at 13 tied for its highest preseason ranking ever with the 1975 team. They The Wolfpack have never finished higher than 11th, and that was in 74. Zero-ranked teams will be in action when the 2022 season kicks off with 11-week zero games on August 27th. But week one, you'll have number five, Notre Dame, and number two, the dump. Number three, Georgia, versus number 11, Oregon, and Atlanta. And number 23, Cincinnati, at number 18, Arkansas, on September 3rd. And Utah, media tests in its opener at Florida, and number four, Clemson, will play Georgia Tech in the Atlanta, Atlanta, Atlanta Mercedes-Benz Stadium on Labor Day night. They also, I saw that they will, the Falcon Stadium, the Mercedes-Benz Stadium in Atlanta will host the 2025 College Football National Championship game, the Natty. All right, so good, cool for them. Michigan's eight. Oregon's 11. Oklahoma State's 12. Let me see here. USC's 14. Michigan State's 15. They had a great Miami. Pitt. Wisconsin, Arkansas, Kentucky, 20. All right. Ole Miss, 21. Wake Forest, 22. But they lost, you know, their quarterback. You know, he's out right now. Well, he's 22nd. Yeah, who's the... And I talked about... I haven't heard anything about the Wake Forest quarterback since that happened. I was looking Wake Forest QB. And I was trying to see if anything... Yeah, Sam Hartman. I haven't heard anything about Sam Hartman. Out indefinitely. That was five days ago. You know, I mean... It's hard to replace a guy like that. We'll see what happens during the season. But it's all, come on. And Houston, 24. BYU, 25. It's early. And I I mean, I can see stacking. And Texas, oh, Texas is not ranked in this poll. They were 18. And they actually got a first place vote, vote in the coaches poll. Nothing in the AP poll. Madden's going to be in the cover of Madden 23. Released on August 15th. Also, we'll have the Madden Legacy game. It'll be a matchup between NFC and AFC rosters consisting of players who meet the bar of those who made his former, his, his famed All-Madden team. He'll be a coach for both teams, his younger self on one sideline and an older version on another. And they dedicated a field to Madden at its headquarters in Redwood City, California. But I want to know, 
who, who plays there? I mean, it looks like a gorgeous stadium, but why build the stadium? Are they going to let people play there? Because I think, what's the point? They also made a $5 million contribution to the John Madden legacy commitment. Over the next five years, half of the money will go to four educational nonprofit organizations, and the other half will be used to create the EA Madden Scholarship in partnership with the United Negro College Fund to support students at 12 historically black colleges and universities. Very cool. I'm, I'm very, very nice. Scott has joined the house. Let's see if the, if he has anything to report today. I know he's playing pickleball and some other stuff, but we'll see what else he has. Pete Carroll, 92 years old. Great. 90, 1998 Naismith Memorial Basketball Hall of Fame inductee. Coached the Tigers for 29 seasons from 67 to 96. After he had coached at Lehigh from 66 to 67. They won 514 games, 11 NCAA tournament appearances, and 13 Ivy League champion championships. That's pretty, that's pretty cool. They became nearly the first number 16 seed to beat a number one in 89 when they lost to Georgetown 50-49. In his final season, his 13-seeded Tigers upset defending, I remember that, four-seeded UCLA in the 1996 NCAA tournament. He went to the Kings after that as an assistant from 96 to 2006 and later became a consultant until he retired in 2011. He was awesome. He was awesome. Yeah, they didn't have a postseason tournament, the, the Ivy League. They also won the NAT in 75, defeating Providence 80-69 at MSG. Yeah, I still remember that. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, they gave, they gave Georgetown all they can handle. Yeah, crazy. He was, and Carol was never shy about creating a laugh for his audience. He says, I think we're a billion to one to win the whole tournament. To beat Georgetown, we're only 450 million to one. Oh, it's Pete Carrill, right? It's Carrill. It's not Carol. Pete Carrill. Carrill. Yeah, I always say that wrong. Yep, let's go Mets. I, yeah, I, I, I know he's excited for that. And they were beating. I remember they were beating the Hoyas. Yeah, unbelievable. That was crazy, that game. I still remember that game. Yeah, 90, they lost to Arkansas. Yeah, they beat, yeah, pretty crazy. Week later, defending national music, Princeton beat the Bruins 40. I remember that game. I watched that game. Had a hell of a career. Yeah, let me say that no one ever starts out wanting to be a Hall of Fame coach or a Hall of Fame doctor or a Hall of Fame anything, he said in his induction speech. No one ever starts out that way. There are a lot of forces at work, and you don't know where you're going to end up, and you don't know why it happens. Princeton's, Princeton was always half-decent in basketball, but we're a national school now, basketball-wise. I don't think that's anything going... I don't think that anything's going to happen to change that. Yeah, he was awesome. Yeah, great, great. Oh, and uh, KD, this is a... What did Mark Stein say? That he there are there are murmurs that he would be apt to retire than play for the Nets. Per longtime NBA reporter Mark Stein, really? He's getting a forty-four million dollars a season. Retire? Come on, that's not happening. No, come on. And Bumble sent me M MLB playoffs. Wild cards October seventh through ninth. ALDS is October eleventh through seventeenth. That's the ALDS. The NLDS is October eleventh through the sixteenth. ALCS is the 19th through 26th. The NLCS is the 18th through 25th. And the World Series, this is... So if it's cold, hey, Gumbo Chef has joined the house. 
If it's cold, you're telling me the World Series could go to November 5th. November 5th. Are you are you nuts? November 5th? No. Come on, dude. That's nuts. And 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 Bumble sent me this also. I, I Scott will appreciate this. Pete Alonso gave Buck Showalter lottery tickets during the ninth inning pitching change yesterday. He said because the pen is a gamble other than Diaz. And Buck Showalter. And Buck Showalter did something. Someone posted. He was talking about he went to see Music Man. And he was more interested. Oh, look at here. We're getting, we got Yazzie here. We got everybody joining the show today. We got everybody's in the house. JD talking sports. And he was comparing. Well, he was talking about how, you know, they play at night. They do like eight games a week, like shows. And he wanted to know how much they got paid. He was interested in the sets. He said he was just fascinated by the whole thing. I don't think he really, he didn't remember what show he saw, but he liked the whole concept of how it all worked, how they got, you know, the, the actors, how everybody got paid, how they did shows every week, how they, you know, the motive, you know, the whole, the whole system of working. I thought it was, I thought it was pretty, pretty cool. Yeah. Very interesting. He's just a cool guy. Like, he's just like, yeah, I would see a show. Not really my thing, but you know, my wife, we went to see Music Man. Didn't know who was in Music Man, you know, but it's, it's not my world, he said. He just seems like, you know, like, ah, eh, just talking. And they're playing great, man. The Mets, record versus top 10 teams in 2022. They're 31-19. The Dodgers are 16-11. The Yankees are 11-4. The Braves are five games under 500. i am trying to see who else is there. Phillies is four games under. So the Mets have the best record against top 10 teams in 2022. And they're playing eight games this week. They got four in Atlanta starting tonight. They're going to have four in three days. They're going to play a doubleheader against Philly. And they go to the Yankee Stadium for two. And it looks like it's going to be Scherzer and DeGrom lined up to pitch the two games at Yankee Stadium. And they're going to pitch twice in the next 10 days. So, and, and the, it's, they are, that was from the Amazons. Thank you for that one. They're, the Mets are 9-1 in the last 10. Scherzer, DeGrom, Carrasco, and Bassett all boast, boost, boast, 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 boast ERAs under two since July 1st. Scherzer's at 1.36, DeGrom's at 1.62, Carrasco's at 1.69, and Chris Bassett, who's been pitching out of his mind, 1.79. Yankees are 2-8 their last 10, scored just five runs in three games at Boston. And as I said, the Mets are up 5.5 on the Braves. Yankees are down to 10 against the, I think it's the Rays, right? Who's in second place in the, is it the Rays? You know, I'm trying to, MLB standings. Blue Jays are 10 out, Rays are 11, Orioles are 12 and a half, and Red Sox are 15 and a half. Four of the five teams in the East are over 500, and the Red Sox are two games under. Pretty cool. I screwed this up too. I mean, I didn't see it, but Lindor has now the Mets record for most RBIs as a shortstop, 82 on the season. It's all his. Most RBIs by a shortstop. And Scott will tell me who the record he broke. Who was the guy here? Didn't he get it? Didn't he get domestic violence? And I'm blanking on his name. I remember he went over to sign that hundred million dollar contract, went to the Blue Jays, and then came back to the Mets at the end of his career. And Degrom has thrown 55 swings and misses this year, while throwing just 58 balls. He's faced 56 batters, 28 strikeouts, seven base runners, six hits, and a base on balls. No other pitcher in the modern era has had a three start span minimum of 55 batters, and struck out at least half the batters he's faced while having four times as many cases faced. He's unbelievable, man. And he can, he's going to be a free agent at the end of the season. We're going to see how that works out going forward. But how crazy is that, right? That is, he's having a season. Let's go Mets. Jay's excited. 
Bumbles is excited. Scott's excited. I don't. Dumble Chef's more excited about the Saints. And you know, I, you know, we're gonna see what happens. They just got Bostic, who spent the last three years with. Who was Bostic on the last? I thought he was with John Bostic. Was on the Commanders. So I, I saw that he just signed with the. Yeah, John Bostic just signed with the. Saints, and he was with the. He played at Florida, and he is gonna. Now he is a saint. Yeah, he's been a good player. Six one two forty five. Last full season was two thousand twenty. He intercepted a pass, and recorded three sacks, eight pressures, and six tackles for loss. So he didn't play last season. Oh, he suffered a season-ending pectoral injury that limited his two thousand twenty-one campaign to just four games. Well, we'll see what happens. If he's healthy, they said he's a good run defender, open field athleticism. And the Saints defense demands a lot from their linebackers. So we'll see what happens, Grumble Chef, going forward. Time will tell on that front. Yanks. Oh, and then I saw, what did I see? Yeah, you're not going to be happy about this. They'll be without their best infield glove. Luis Guillerme has a moderate groin strain. They're saying four to six weeks. And we shall 